0: You're listening to Born to be my absolutely a monster she doesn't want to be left alone for two seconds i love her but she is teething and she is just an absolutely crazy person when it comes time to go to bed i can't leave her for two seconds or she starts screaming like a banshee dude
1: <laughs> where's the wife at Does she work right now
0: the wife is at work the wife is closing uh the restaurant so she's probably going to be gone till at least 11 30 and we've been trying to get the kid to bed by 9 o'clock.
1: Wow! Oh, so this is our uh, contraception advertisement segment.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's like no matter what this little she devil does at night, and like it, it never outweighs how freaking awesome she is during the day. And it's just too much, man. She's the cutest fucking thing in the world.
1: Yeah, now parents always give that follow up after they come back <laughs> with uh, blood all over their hands and yeah. tears in their eyes
0: and <laughs> Ooh, yeah, weary from battle. Absolutely, because right. that's what it is. You're you're slugging it out with this two foot just monster, <laughs> <laughs> and they always win. It's it's so bad. They yeah, sit.
1: It sounds like a pleasure. You're really really selling me right now.
0: there is nothing like it on this earth i wasn't someone who was looking for that and i wasn't trying to become a father because i didn't think i had it in me but guess what when the time came and i was called to serve man it is the greatest thing and responsibility i have ever been gifted with it is the coolest thing on earth man it's like the u.s
1: draft you know, you didn't know you were going, but once you got there, you were perfect. It's like
0: the U.S. draft when there is an impending force that's looking for global domination, right? Like, you have to go then, not when, like, it's Donald Rumsfeld's war. You don't sign up for that <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: that is a different war, yeah. No one signed that is, up for that.
0: Yeah, well, no one, it doesn't stir the soul and inspire the participation that that another one does like like world war Two,
1: right or even vietnam at the beginning of vietnam i know depends on it depends on, vietnam, it depends on so what
0: much. side you are and it depends on how much information you had personally i think at the time right sure.
1: yeah um i mean i i don't want to get drafted ever but <laughs> no well, luckily i'm i'm past the the draft age so i made it yeah
0: out. oh absolutely my bone spurs have been growing in for years now
1: Oh, my bone spurs are terrible. <laughs> I have them all over my body.
0: I have bone spurs on my bone spurs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Best I could do is run for president.
0: <laughs> so, speaking of, um, I think this is a good place to introduce ourselves and, and let everyone know who we are. My name is Ron Cabuno.
1: I'm Pete Crawford.
0: And this is the Born to be Mild podcast. And essentially what we're here to do is take the sensible road on any issue that we see fit to talk about is that not correct
1: if we can be sensible that's what we do yeah
0: yeah no no hot-headed takes unless we're really coming in off of a brown's loss but that (laughs) goes without saying we can get to that a little bit later in the program
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so i was thinking i was like you know what what best describes the aim of the show and to me it's essentially like this is what red state progressivism looks like. Now would you would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean Ohio's a bit of a purple state in reality, but um yeah, I, w- I would call this the the progressive red state mentality.
0: Okay, you te- now you it's tend to purple
1: be classified as a liberal when you're progressive even though right. you're really more moderate. So
0: But it's purple in that interesting way. It's not purple in the Texas way. It's not purple in the Virginia way, where it's red and blue next to each other. It's blue concentration surrounded by a lot of red. So I feel like there is the dichotomy um, that you get to see both Americas Whereas like, you know, let's say in In Virginia, for for example, their purple is people living one way or another, you know, next door to each other and in concert with one another. And whereas here you have liberals and and conservatives or Trump's whatever you want to call them wing of the party living in bubbles and not really seeing and, and interacting with one another all that much.
1: And I really think it comes down to, I hate to marginalize anybody, and I hate to paint anything black and white, but it's rural versus urban. Uh, You tend to see cities go blue, and in the country, you see red. And I I would venture to go as far as saying 90% of the time, that's the way that the counties go.
0: Right, but I think that what i'm trying to say is that this podcast is for the people who don't happen to live in cities like myself but still identify with progressive politics and like oh, don't yeah, understand sure. why they can't be implemented if they make sense in the in the localities that they're at
1: i would say this podcast could be for anybody cuz i'm not going to try to throw jabs at uh people i don't i mean i'm going to i'm going to take a few shots at trump because i don't like him but like if I'm not going to look at you and say you're wrong and try to insult your intelligence just because we don't happen to have the same agenda.
0: Right. But so on something, on an issue such as Medicare for all, we don't have to come at it from predisposed angles and we can look at it rationally and say to ourselves, what is it worth to have, a healthy nation what is it worth to have a nation that has access and coverage is it worth the trade-offs and what are the trade-offs like let's be real and honest about what the trade-offs are yeah i um, think as long as we can do that then we're succeeding
1: if you're yes as long as you're analyzing something with actual uh, rationale and uh points given not just rhetoric and uh it's any kind of uh, preconceived notions that you're bringing to the table that you're unwilling to compromise on, I think you're in a good good spot to uh, address any issue really. So,
0: for example, if if we want to talk about the Medicare for all, then we have to address cost, right? We can't sit here and talk about how cost isn't a factor, and we might have to talk about something that could be a stopgap approach towards Medicare for all, or a test pilot, or a test program. Or something that doesn't cost as much and doesn't wipe out the entire private system, while we're trying to figure out if the public option and the you know Medicare for all works on a grand scale, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I it's agree. completely reasonable to say, "Pump your brakes, Elizabeth Warren." It's a bit much. Yeah, because I, I, it's yeah,
1: Elizabeth Warren is I I, I completely agree hundred percent. She is right now. She is in a political position. Where she is absolutely pushing too far. It's the the definition of being too radical for anything to ever work.
0: And she's actually just an also ran in terms of progressive politics because Bernie Sanders has had this shit unlocked forever. Like she is the acolyte and she, she
1: does feel like she kinda of jumped on a ship with him
0: which is fine and she might she might fancy herself 2.0 but when you're taking, you know, planks of that man's platform and not quite having it of your own and having, you know, whatever character and electability flaws you have, it's like you're not you're not new enough and you're not bold enough and seemingly not amicable enough. Like I understand that Republicans play hardball, but we're not trying to it pardon me not we she is not trying to um get elected by her colleagues in the senate she's trying to get elected by the american people so you have to show that you are willing to make a nuanced and compromised approach to to the things that 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 require it and i know that you know Painting things with the broad brush is the way that a lot of politics goes, especially on the right. But you kind of have to, of it. Yeah, but yeah, you have true. to say it's not that simple to people. You have to say, guess what? It's not that simple. We're gonna figure it out, and it might take more than two seconds. Come with me if you if you want to.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a lot different uh, trying to talk to the public than it is uh, trying to talk to a room full of college students, um, especially uh, on really sensitive wedge issues like this. And I think she's just in the past several months she's really been sinking her own ship, and I, I don't I don't see any way that uh, Bernie recently took the lead in uh, uh for the for the left, and um, whether or not he stays there is uh, yet to be seen. But he's doing something different than her in that he is engaging. With the American people, with things they can understand, and uh, showing them a way that it can be done, like with actual numbers. And that's why there's so many people feeling the burn, as opposed to the Liz Warren people, because he's just got it figured out more on the way that you want to be, I guess, uh, electability on a broad national scale, rather than trying to push some kind of a, a, a bill through Congress. They're completely different and I don't see Liz Warren, uh, understanding that.
0: Um, all right. So for me, I would have to say that they're close enough in, in what their, their aims are that it's, oh, sure. it's it's what flavor of the meal do you want, but it's the same meal. So when, it's, when you want to talk a common-sense approach, I'm sitting here looking at Mayor Pete. Um, now, we can talk about the candidates a little bit more, but I want to talk about them with regards to, um, obviously, the president. So let's dive into some news. Okay, um, God. So in the news, what bigger news was there in the previous week here than Iran? I mean, like, can you believe that whole thing? That, I mean, to me, that seemed like a very, very large gamble that we got away with.
1: We did. And uh, the reaction to everything was predictable. It was uh, as it always is. Uh, we had the, the people on the right applauding it. We had the people on the left condemning it. Um, if we're examining it in a in a vacuum, um, I would say yes, this was a this was a gamble, and it worked. Uh, but if we look at it as part of a larger uh, issue within what's been going on with Iran for a long time, I actually didn't throw tomatoes at trump for this one i was okay with it even though it was a gamble
0: i was okay and why is that
1: well i guess unfortunately i have to say because it worked (laughs) because if it didn't work i wouldn't be saying this but um i think that it, it we've got enough dangerous regimes in the middle east there's enough there's been enough uh confrontation with Iran over different things, and I know that Trump was doing this to detract a little bit from the impeachment. I understand that. I understand his motives. I understand he's not that bright, but I thought it was a a brilliant time to do it. It was completely unexpected. Um, Even though, you know, it was roll the dice, uh, we, we took out essentially a terrorist, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, we took out a terrorist, but we did it with extremely scant justification. And when you have Republicans coming out of meetings saying that their justification is not holding water and is not robust enough to have warranted such action, then you know that something was up, that it was politically motivated. No, and it absolutely was, yes. All right, so in that, I do not agree with it at all. And I don't even agree with it in the fact that we did get away with it. We got away with it because they I believe that they might have fucked up and maybe taken down the wrong airplane. Maybe they were looking to take down an American airplane as retribution. Sure. Now, what would have happened then? Can you imagine the the escalation that we'd be looking at then?
1: Yeah, you can do the what-ifs forever. But, but that's where it was forever.
0: at. Right. Right. So it didn't happen that way. And maybe they're fuming that they didn't exactly get their just desserts back at us that they were hoping. It it wasn't the eye for an eye that they were looking for. I don't know. uh, But I do know that. These are the
1: pitfalls of war, though. Yeah, but everything is a gamble.
0: We're sitting here in an escalating um, confrontation with a country that we got out of a nuclear pact with. Just within the last year. So he wasn't looking for confrontation, and yet did the exact thing that was going to escalate tensions with them.
1: Well, the tensions were already there. I, I you know, whatever was signed, the nuclear arms thing and, and the treaty and all that kind of stuff. Like it, tensions were building with Iran. It's just, it's just a fact. Uh, I, I can assume that on. The surface and in the media, there are plenty of things that uh, that we're not hearing and you know aren't coming to the light of day, but the reality of the matter is if you just examine the history of what's been going on, you could go all the way back to the 80s if you wanted, but let's just talk about the last few years because I think Obama de-escalated the situation to some degree, and I think Trump re-escalated it, and I think that it, it, this picture has been painted to where it, everything is – is uh, stable and there's no there's no tension you know there's I don't believe that I'm not buying any of that shit I am 100% positive that there was a brewing sense of hatred going on between a bre-
0: Well, all right so obviously there's a brewing sense of hatred it's a death to America all the time over there well, but no, that's no, not I'm, the
1: I'm, I'm not talking about just like extremists I think in general the, the political leaders of both countries and I, I don't just mean Trump, I mean you know, the entire uh, uh, administration and most of uh, the defense is looking at this and they're looking back at us and it's kind of like a, a schoolyard stare down and I just don't think we we're getting wind of that uh, on the surface
0: level um, So, I don't... So I guess I could say that we were um, on our way to something when we got out of the deal because they were still acting aggressively in doing their sponsoring of state terrorism and all that on on whatever fronts they can get away with, whatever was not cold written down in the in the treaty, they were doing and then they were probably breaking some of those. So like maybe they weren't enriching uranium, but they were sending weapons to groups all over the world. And you know, if Trump wants to call them out on that, that's one thing. So what you do in my estimation is you keep the deal that you have on the books in place and then you add to it and you don't do it unilaterally. You do it as a coalition because that's what we're looking for in the end. Anyways, and we're bitching that we're always over there by ourselves well we can't keep acting unilaterally and he wants to do that stuff and he wants to say that he has all the power in the world well once again we are in an era where he is taking the norms and he's throwing them out the window and he's taking our constitution and applying a bend but don't break strategy as much as possible it's like no none of this shit is advisable the the option that he got to kill the general was a supposed what if like worst case scenario that his advisors in the military should never have given him but they did anyways because it was supposed to be like all right well obviously sir you're not going to do this batshit crazy one but let's do the one right below it and then everyone can go home no he decided to go for the balls to the wall i have to prove a message and deflect from my impeachment choice so i believe that that's how it ended up going down but you don't go out of the deal you don't leave the treaty or the nuclear deal and then expect nothing to happen like and then you you want to cripple them more with sanctions and expect them not to poke and prod you even more they're dying it's like i it's it's a really difficult back and forth because you want to make sure that you have an eye on them and they're not going to foment terror But at the same time, you can't starve them and their people out and not expect retribution. It's the same mentality of, all right, I have a drone that's in the sky and it's got the American flag on it. Maybe when it falls to the ground, who do you think that they're going to grow up hating? So de-escalation is a tricky business. And I just don't see Donald Trump as the one who's going to ever do it in the right way.
1: I don't either. And I've already come out and said I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but this isn't uh, just a Trump issue. It's not like things have been handled so subtly in the Middle East with any of the last five administrations. Uh, this has been going on since Reagan. Um, you know, we've had trouble with uh, you W. Know, Bush had to drop bombs, obviously, with the three month war. Uh, Clinton had trouble over there. It, uh, clearly, uh, w had, I, I said uh, W before, I meant HW. Um, clearly George right. W. Bush had uh, problems over there. And um, uh, Obama had problems over there. You know, he claimed he was going to rip our troops out right away. He wasn't able to do that. Wasn't able to fly out of Afghanistan and Iraq as soon as he wanted to. So
0: No, we're talking about Iran, and we're talking about I, an no, option I, that I, was given to all these previous presidents, and they never took it.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. We, we were never at war with Iran, uh, but we, we had such a strange relationship with them that it felt like we were on the fringe at any point, point. and Trump just pulled the trigger. I, no, I don't, I don't agree with – I especially didn't agree when he pulled out of the uh, arms treaty. I didn't see any reason for that. Um, but as far as this goes, uh, since it did work, I'm okay with it, and I'm not afraid of retaliation. Um, I, you know, terrorism is something that was a possibility from day one, always, and I, I don't know how much this changes that. So, does it, I don't think it makes our country safer, but maybe it makes maybe it makes them a little bit weaker uh, in a position where they were feeling like they were feeling a little bit bigger than they were. Iran was starting to getting the uranium and, you know, acquiring assets. I I don't know, (laughs) manufacturing uranium, whatever they, they, they were starting to feel like they were a world superpower. And I don't think they're the type of country that we need possessing that status.
0: Well, I mean, they absolutely are and can be based on population, population, and gdp and nuclear armament so i mean if they get that then they're definitely sitting at the big boy table but they are a large and formidable and you know really historic country and they're probably they're they're definitely like a top 10 country and so when you hear things like trump talking at the end of the speech how he wants to make sure that the leaders of that country know that we want them to be prosperous it's something that even if he doesn't believe he has to say because they are that important anyways so um that's iran and we can have some differences on how that's being handled but what i would like to ask you next is what do you think we do in terms of the democratic candidate what should they be looking at as their ideal selection now that you have the added filter of a president in quote unquote wartime to deal with. Um, you know, that's, that's obviously going to take place in the general and the uh, getting out of the primary is a completely different issue. But like, what do you think, or who looks, who looks best to take on Trump in light of all this new stuff?
1: Well, we don't have a home run uh, there, there's no there's no one candidate that feels like uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both did in uh, 2008 but um, I would say currently I would lean on Bernie uh, I, I see Cory Booker just dropped out recently
0: uh, yeah, he didn't have he, the money
1: yep yeah he's kind of an always uh, also ran guy but um,
0: he just doesn't have it like he is like he, doesn't. he is like 50 percent barack obama
1: exactly yeah he's like i'm also barack obama everybody's like no you're not
0: yeah it leaves um, a lot a lot to the imagination yeah he's pretty bland
1: i would lean on bernie right now i i absolutely am not with joe biden
0: um so there just, you have like a really good black and white choice in terms of war now trump said going into his presidency and obviously beforehand when he was criticizing obama left and right that we need to stay out of interventionalist wars and we shouldn't be in other countries and yet he's possibly adding to the tally right now and so he gets to play it both ways because he says he wants to do one thing but he also will say that he has to do the other so that's the prerogative of the president right I mean, you yeah, can go
1: back on on, on and on with uh, Trump and the, uh, the things he said and uh, the hypocrisy that he's uh,
0: – No, yeah, but I mean on. like – but until <laughs> like he actually started a war with another country, he wasn't able to play the other side of that particular card. So what I was getting at was that like you just brought up the two people who are the yin and the yang of the go to war bernie is the anti-interventionalist anti-war candidate absolutely and then joe biden obviously has to deal with having voted for the iraq war and you know being quite hawkish in a number of ways in throughout his career so very much yes um so there, there's the yin and the yang right there. And one of them actually seems more presidential. And it's, 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 it's terrible to say, but like that central casting aspect to Joe Biden makes him seem more presidential, even though I probably agree with the direction and the tone that Bernie would like to take this country in a little bit more.
1: Um, in terms, I don't know who's more electable right now. There's this, you know the massive movement going on with the conservative right, they've kind of painted, with their eyes completely shut with regards to the current president, they've painted Joe Biden as a scumbag, kind of rapey, uh, dirty old man, who's always touching and feeling, and you know, it's, uh, it, it's tough for me to listen to and I'm like, but you're forgiving, okay, whatever.
0: You know what? Um, I need to do that. I need to go and listen to a little bit of like Hannity or Rush Limbaugh like when I go to work and sometimes I get in some of these cars and the, the you know the the local talk shows on and I can hear that blabbermouth going at it. I always have to listen for a little while, at least for a couple minutes, and he gets me riled up so quick. Oh my god, yeah. he's so good at it. Wow. Yeah.
1: Hannity's an expert at that. He's very divisive. And Hannity's Um,
0: great at it. I was talking about Rush, but I mean, like, yeah, Hannity's freaking great at it, too. Essentially, what you're going to get from the right and from Rush Limbaugh is a completely different view on what you just saw. So, like, when we watch the debates here tonight that are coming up, you know, obviously we are recording this, uh, what is this, Tuesday evening, the 14th, we're going to be watching the last debate here um what you see on one channel is not going to be what's on the other and the way that they performed is not going to be adequately you know given to you through people like rush limbaugh they're not going to tell you who actually did well and who gave you the best talking points they're going to try probably try and tear them down if they have a good one um like but going into this it's it's completely wide open I think that if somebody if mayor Pete looked 20 years older he would be running away with this even if he was still homosexual I believe so I just think he looks like a child and I don't think that bodes well for him in a general election especially going up against uh, you know a monster like Donald Trump
1: well um, you know it, I, then why isn't somebody like uh, uh, let's like, like Beto why isn't uh running away with this?
0: Because to me, he he came off as completely disingenuous. He was a white wannabe Barack Obama.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: that's that's how I saw him. Like like you can be the the hope and change community organizer guy, but you don't have the backstory to pull it off, especially in this climate um i think that if barack obama was running today he wouldn't be the same barack obama that he was then it would be a much more cutthroat dude because i think he would take the temperature of the room and understand the stakes and the playing field that we're now on and adjust accordingly you're talking he would still be the same man but he would approach it i think a much more acerbically um and be quite a little bit more sharp-tongued and, and, and things like that.
1: Are you talking about Barack Obama today or Barack Obama 2008 running today?
0: 2008 Barack Obama running today. I'm not talking about old gray Barack Obama who doesn't want to get in a fight at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just wants to golf and windsurf and shit. He, you know, that's Mr. Avoidance right now. I'm talking about hope and change Obama. Gotcha Um, because he could be oh my god if he was running right now he would be fiery as hell going up against trump he would be rallying troops coast to coast
1: yeah he would absolutely obliterate trump um
0: and that's why i don't understand where are the orators you don't even have people in the senate coming out and holding press conference talking about the absolute just disgrace that this administration is you should be a 24-hour channel coming right from Capitol Hill with leading voices like that's why it's been a shit show ever since 2016 because they took their sweet ass time trying to figure out who was going to be the candidates and then just saying oh i guess bernie still and i guess elizabeth warren finally wants to go and who else do we have and kamala harris was like the biggest dud candidacy (laughs) i've seen in a long time You know what I mean? Like, like, so they never really got their shit together. And it's been like, you need this. This is you're running against a guy who has 30 or 40 years of fucking name recognition. And with a completely consumeristic culture, what more do you need? And what a better what better weapon do you have than just being like buy men in up in people's heads? And you hear Trump, 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 Clinton, Clinton, Clinton. Clinton is a horrible candidate, and she got however much she got just because of her last name. I guarantee it. Of
1: course, and because uh, a lot of people simply didn't like Donald Trump.
0: Oh, and the alternative, and because some people were really happy with the neoliberal – way of doing things and some people really wanted a woman i get it but you know what i mean like name recognition is so much in today's society that like to not have anybody out there in the limelight or at least rallying the country around an opposing viewpoint or an opposing narrative to our everyday lives for the last years like you're wasting opportunities well
1: sanders is the only guy really um
0: he is but he's so old and jewish like What? He's 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 he's, he's going to turn people off. He's He's going to turn older than Trump.
1: I mean, it's not even that big of a difference. So
0: but he's not on near the meds. I guarantee it. Like whatever Adderall cocktail Trump is on, he is firing on all cylinders. And so is Bernie. But Bernie doesn't look like he's going to go in and command a boardroom. And Trump kind of looks like it, even though he's not. That's the whole point. His whole shtick, his whole life, is look the part, not actually be the part. Oh yeah. And he gets away with it to this day. So if you're gonna be someone like Bernie, who doesn't look the part, no. I guess you gotta you gotta sell it a little better.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of the thing. That's one of the things I should say that uh, people really love about Bernie. He isn't out there for showmanship. He is kind of the anti-Trump. He's not trying to be now. He's a purist. He's still You're fiery. absolutely he's right. Still fiery, but the way he runs his operation is he's on he's on issues. He's on
0: topics. He's very moralistic. He is, and yes, he's, he's he is stuck to his guns and his issues for his lifetime. He has integrity out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can take that away from him. But sometimes a little bit of song and dance to get the people on board doesn't hurt you know because it's really important that we win here anyone wins anyone except for him essentially what we're looking at is going to be another business decision but it's not going to be the same kind of hold your nose business decision that we were looking at three and a half years ago or whatever when we had Hillary as the candidate. We're gonna have some people with actual substance, but I, you know, I would not wanna to have to vote for Joe Biden right now. But if he shows and polls that he's gonna be a clear and away favorite oh, yeah. over over Bernie and over Warren, then you gotta go with him. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, Iowa's gonna to have to do too.
1: Yeah, I agree. It it really it doesn't Um, matter to me uh, at the end of the day because I I don't think any of these guys are fantastic. Like I said, I lean on Bernie. I like uh, I like a lot of things about him. Yes, he's old. So is Joe Biden. So is Donald Trump. These are a lot of old men. Would have been great to have somebody like uh, uh, Mayor Pete in there.
0: Um, But he is he is still in there. All right. So we have the debate right now. Get out of there. Well, here's here's what we're looking at. We're not over yet. The, the dies have not been cast and the Iowa caucuses are coming up. And if you are going to tell me that he is not, he has one of the best ground games and he's polling really well right now, I think out in front on in that state, but like, will they do the right thing? If, if nationally mayor Pete, is polling well behind donald trump or well behind bernie or biden comparatively to donald trump then sometimes they'll make the business decision and go with one of them but sometimes they go with the upstart and if he comes out of there with a victory or a second place he can make and make or break the rest of his campaign like if he goes away in fourth place or something he might be out of it after that yeah. But then again, we could end up having to wait till Super Tuesday to find out. but I think that there could be a lot to be said with uh, what Iowans decide to do. Unfortunately, the very white state of Iowa is going to tell us you know which way the wind is blowing so early in the in the uh, primaries.
1: Um, that, and that's the problem with Iowa. They are a decidedly red state, and I don't see them uh, looking too hard at the homosexual candidate unfortunately.
0: Um, we will yeah. see. We will see.
1: It's time to see. Let's, let's go to sports. Let's uh, talk something else.
0: All right. So let's get into sports. Can I just say that I am happy that Freddie Kitchens is out? As the coach of the Cleveland Browns, and that anyone else is in. Yeah,
1: you're on a, a pretty large ship of people with that ideology.
0: All aboard! Yeah. Absolutely, all aboard. In over his head, I believe, is the phrase.
1: But the question is, who is Kevin
0: Stefanski? Uh I mean, a Polish man. Yes i don't i don't honestly he's the he's the guy who worked with kirk cousins this year that's really all i know about him that and that he was number two to freddie kitchens in the interview process last year year. and so he lost out when dorsey and the haslams decided to go with uh the the little Chaboots, the little chubby man i was
1: under the impression baker had a lot to do with that too um
0: well he did and so they just capitulated to whatever uh shaman the the wonderkin had a had a liking to yeah
1: um
0: but he didn't have the leadership and so he didn't understand that calling plays and running a team was going to be very difficult thing to do at the same time it was just just a a comedy of errors so i am glad that he's out and that we are probably going to have an offensive coordinator and a coach on the roster next year.
1: Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, the way he was trying to run the program last year. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? That's, that's in the past. It was a pretty embarrassing year, uh, when we were all expecting at least 10 wins, nine to 10 wins, uh, Coming out with six.
0: I was expecting at least fireworks. Like, where are the top ten sports center plays from this Lifting. offense? We should have been lighting the world on fire. Even if we're losing, let's lose 45-51. Agreed. We had a decent defense. Just give me something to look at and air it out.
1: Yeah, our offensive line is pretty terrible, too. Our tackles were a joke. So, it's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard to pin one thing. But uh, we we can definitely hammer home that Freddie Kitchens was a part of the problem. But uh,
0: they found a way to Browns it up absolutely. Did.
1: But moving ahead, you know, did we see? I I don't watch the Minnesota Vikings um, <laughs> when I unless I have to. Was their offense crazy good? I mean
0: they were nice. They were mad nice. Absolutely. And, um, Kirk cousins is, you know, average to a slightly above average. I think Baker Mayfield definitely has the potential to be just as good as he is. And, uh, what he was able to get out of him was awesome. And he had some nice talent around him, um, with Diggs and uh, cook, I believe. And, uh-huh. We have that kind of talent in Cleveland that he should be able to maximize and really put up some points. I don't see why not. Now he's not going to be calling the plays, but it's going to be his approach. And I love the way that they were conducting themselves. I mean, in, in terms of the Vikings this year. Well, so well, you know,
1: if he can do it with Kirk Cousins, what, what's your, you damn your right, take? because Cleveland is so fair weather. You know, I mean, we're always diehard fans, but we will we will throw you under the bus immediately if something goes wrong, just because we're so used to losing. And so what do you think about Baker Mayfield? Because a lot of people who really loved him a year ago now suddenly think he's the worst and we should try to trade up to get Joe Burrow, which is essentially impossible.
0: okay before i answer that it says your microphone is very loud and maybe clipping oh, so all i can suggest is that you maybe was, step back yeah, from it a yeah, little I bit i
1: right on it there <laughs> sorry
0: all right so um i think that cincinnati is going to be a fine home for mr burrow and that's where he's going to end up of course And that makes a lot of sense. And I also think that Baker Mayfield is worth hanging on to and developing farther and that he has great things to come and that I don't want to see him do it for another team. I want to see him do it for our team. I think that he's bought in and uh, he was just kind of led astray here by not having the leadership that he really needed. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, it was the same thing for me when LeBron was in Cleveland. Like, when you didn't have somebody telling him what to do, the reason people say he's uncoachable now is because he never had a coach. No, he
1: had to learn how to coach himself. He spent way he too much time He did until he was <laughs>
0: – so he was getting coached finally, tangentially, by Pat Riley when Coach Spolstra was the coach in Miami. That's the first time he actually had to take direction from anyone – you know, in any real way. So I think that when you don't have the big time leadership roles and mentors in place, um, people can flounder. It's kind of like college. You know, some of those kids are just not going to get up and go to class. Now you can say sink or swim. That's just how it's going to be and let them be be as they may. But you can also say, maybe let's help them out for the first quarter of the school year and he can establish some good habits and he'll be on his way. And I think that's where we're at with the quarterback right now. It was a slight step back this year, but if we can get some structure around him and protect protection to where he's not going out and be the main uh, deflection point from the media, like you don't have a strong head coach up there taking the shots and the bullets for him after the losses, like, or someone that at least the media respects to do that for him then you're going to have a, a really stressed little dude. And I think that's what he looked like this yeah, year.
1: well, like I said, it it, it doesn't take an expert to, to watch a game. Well, you know what? Maybe it does take an expert to watch a game and say our tackles were trash this year. I mean, the ends were cr- – he, he was running for his life out of the end every single time. Um, the center of our line is decent. But uh, they've got to get somebody on the ends to pr- uh, pass protect because – You know, he's got, you're going to end his career before he's 25. (laughs) This kid is going to be, he's going to be useless. So I agree. you, You can't, the people that are putting this all on him, it's, it's like, he's the same player that he was a year ago when he broke the rookie pass record in 13 games he didn't he, he's, didn't he is
0: but he's also a bit of no he kind of did he regressed in that he is a bit skittish now he's a bit gun shy and he's not what uh as freewheeling wheeling and the confident as he was you don't
1: think that's a no line issue but
0: it is however some people know how to make the most of it and you gotta you still have to have the, the the good clock. If the clock needs to be quicker because they're coming in on you and you have less time than you did last year, then you adjust accordingly and you you can't take the sacks, throw the ball away, throw the damn ball away. Yeah. like like there's been a lot of that where you're not doing that and where the passes at the end of the plays are not good. and if we know that there's predispositions to certain parts of the line collapsing, well then, we have to sit here and say, here's the likelihood of where you're going to have to escape. Like, think about it in terms of you know, um, Plan B almost being your Plan A. I don't know, but like, just just having uh, your head in the game and having it not seem like it's too much for you would be a change because it did, that's how it seemed to me this year, and it was unfortunate um it
1: it was a tough year for him uh but i certainly i I didn't sell my stock on him because of it i I think a lot of it was having a battle line a lot of it was yes could be a sophomore slump and a lot of it was Freddie kitchens was completely inept on an offensive level this year so uh even with all the weapons that he had at the skill positions with those things hanging over your head i don't know how you succeed yeah, you can say you got to make the, the quicker throws and stuff and you're probably right, but he's still a kid. He's still learning. So, uh, I'm still in on him. I still love Baker, Baker Mayfield.
0: Cool. <laughs> Me too. And all right. So let's get on to the rest of it. The last, the final countdown, the final four, um, we had a pretty nice weekend of football. We got to see, you know Patrick Mahomes do his thing, and we got to see some real fireworks. It was a very entertaining. I didn't watch all that much of it, but it was a very entertaining weekend of football. If you oh, did, the
1: Chiefs are for real. Um, I
0: they are for I, real. They, were,
1: they came out almost. It felt like they were just taunting them. You know, like <laughs> like go ahead, put up a bunch of points, just whatever whatever number <laughs> you want, and then uh, we'll just destroy that lead before the half.
0: Yeah, it simply will not be enough. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I mean, Mahomes is—he is the man. You know, I—I
0: I, he's so cool.
1: I am really rooting for the Chiefs right now, and uh, I, I told you earlier I'd like to see the Chiefs and the Packers just so we could get the uh, All State Farm Quarterback Super Bowl. The,
0: and then they brought that up on the Sports Center. I thought that was oh, great because it's that. hilarious. They did. Um. So you, you know, you got the Packers who are what they are they're like sleeping under the radar total team it it completely reminds me of clemson like in that they were just going about their business (laughs) throughout the year they come out at the end of the year on top as always with a fantastic record and then you have to sit and reason with them and say all right are they any good what do i know about them oh i don't know anything yeah all right let me let me bone up on them but you know they have a really great running game and uh A lot of people are saying that they're finally winning without Aaron Rodgers being great all the time, and that is the most important thing that they can do for themselves.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, they've got a, This isn't the Aaron Rodgers show anymore. Um, I mean, he's he's still who he is, but uh, in years past, I feel like they've been hanging way too much pressure on just Rodgers, and uh, he he looked yeah. frustrated. They looked frustrated, and they were just not performing. And you had guys like uh, Cowherd really selling his stock on Rogers, and uh, of course, suddenly he's back on board with the Um
0: So nice! It's so <laughs> yeah. nice. I like to see him on top. Yeah, and, no, I'm, um, I'm actually a
1: Rogers fan, although I've heard he's a little bit of a jerk in person. I don't know if there's any truth. He to that
0: seems yet. like he would be a very smart, arrogant, smug asshole. But I would be, too, in that situation. I don't know. I mean, like, he's probably super nice to kids and the elderly. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, regular bro on the street. He doesn't have time for your ass. And he doesn't need to pretend like he does, I don't think. Because you're a grown man and you want to talk sports ball with him while he's out there, like, risking life and limb. Yeah. And you're sitting there in your jam jams, you know, dissecting everything he does. I, I <laughs> so that's
1: probably where that rumor got started a bunch of
0: you know what i mean so if you if he doesn't have time for that if he doesn't have time for that well i understand you know (laughs) like like, i'm cool with that
1: my fantasy team bro like you're not my bro but if a little kid wants not everyone (laughs) you know
0: yeah not everyone is going to be the disneyland perfect product and perfectly digestible quarterback that russell wilson is or someone like that you know he's a fucking He's a machine, yeah. These guys are marketing machines. Oh, yeah. You
1: just put him out there, and everybody's like, "We love you, Drew Brees." Like, yeah, and then and so you know they f- play football, and they're like, "That guy's a dick, man." Have you heard? Oh, he's a dick.
0: But he's a swagger, so he's on the Allstate, and he can kind of just like That's be kind of swaggery, like uh, McConaughey selling Lincoln. you know what? He's you know even, like <laughs> he's
1: even kind of a dick. And that's, kind of, that's what i
0: mean that's he's, he's he's obtuse and just uh like like making funny and cynical kind of it's like all right that's that's who it is that's what we he's like super annoyed by
1: something yeah he
0: he does not have time right. for it whatever it is <laughs> um all right so we had that we had the big upset of the ravens and, and by the chiefs I, man, and, I don't know and what we can say. talk about i can't believe mr henry I, we could talk about mr derrick henry with almost 200 yards and just like, like a man being he uh it's so cool it's like watching uh like the men at arms from um he-man he-man yeah, yeah where he had this just giant metal like whole thing where he's just battering ram and people like that's what he looked oh,
1: like oh man that's great what a, what a great reference yeah <laughs>
0: Or, thank he, you or like uh who else like juggernaut yeah, like juggernaut that's, that's from the from
1: x-men yeah
0: hell yeah that's what that's who right, he is juggernaut,
1: that's if like he's an x-man me, he's juggernaut just, just kind of sure. throwing shoulders left and right oh
0: oh just knocking <laughs>
1: guys around it was oh man he,
0: it's like it, it's like beast mode it's like if if marshawn lynch was a foot taller <laughs> exactly. or something
1: and fast i mean
0: Hey, Marshawn's fast. Marshawn's fast as hell. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: I mean, but a foot taller and still fast. Like, and like, still, still fast, Kennedy right? Yeah, because he's sick. Fast. He's sick.
0: So. And so, yeah. So the Titans are, you know, they're out there, and somebody—they're obviously nobody
1: expected that. So
0: they will have to be reckoned with by the Chiefs and Andy Reid. That's has probably going to be a fun game. That. That'll be a fun game. So. I hope so. I don't think they're going to shit the bed because their style of football is at least going to guarantee you 14 to 21 points. They're they're going to run it down your throat for at least that many, so that's what they're going to put up. Uh the question is is are they going to be able to wrap up Mahomes the same way that they were wrapping up you know um Lamar Lamar Jackson. Yeah.
1: Well, it, that's the question. I mean, Lamar Jackson was an absolute monster this year. But, uh, yeah, Mahomes is uh, kind of a different player. He definitely doesn't have the same speed and athleticism, but uh, the guy knows how to get the ball out. He knows how to get the ball to places, and um, I don't know. I don't know which way. If I was a gambling man, I don't even know where I'd put money on that game.
0: So I think that we can safely say that we will get something entertaining out of these matchups. Like, we're not going to be in for a dud, and that's all I care about, because once my team's out of it, I just want to at least make watching worthwhile, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. So
0: All right, so uh, yeah. College, do you have a take on the, uh, on the championship?
1: Uh, I, I guess a little bit. Um, I really think the Buckeyes would have been a much better opponent against LSU. That sounds like a Homer thing to say, and it absolutely is. But looking at the, our teams and the way that we shot ourselves in the foot against Clemson, I just really think we were the better team at Ohio State, uh, and I think they matched up better. Uh, Joe Burrow is an absolute star, and he really put the hurt on the Tigers. Um, and I don't, I don't think it would have shaped out quite the same way with us. I think it would have been more of a shootout uh, offensively. So uh, it was a, it was. A, it was a good time for Buckeyes anyway, because Burrow still kind of feels like a, you know, he's an Ohio State grad. So, <laughs> uh, ah, yes, absolutely. So you know, we were obviously kind of on. We team can lay LSU. claim to that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll take a little bit of. A, <laughs> we'll take a one percent share of your uh, your victory there, LSU. You're welcome. The
0: Buckeye State was represented. Maybe not Buckeye Nation, but the Buckeye State.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, hell, when he won the Heisman, he gave us a little cred. So.
0: He did, man. I mean, like, it was, it was great. obviously as a little homerism, but it was a very selfless and very stand-up thing for him to do and really heartwarming to hear that he had that much respect for the programs oh, he, and the institutions. He won OSU
1: Nation forever when he did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, dude, it's okay if you pass all over us. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fine. We, we would have been playing against the LSU, and we would have still been rooting for their offense. <laughs> <laughs> Probably he's he's a likable guy. Yeah, he really he's is a likable guy.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, that
1: was a that was a, a nice way to end the season, even though I really really still bitter about our loss to Clemson. But eh. but um, so you've uh, you've not heard much about this uh, Penn State stuff.
0: I have not. Lay it on me. What do we got? Well, uh, <laughs> I
1: it's what has it been? Just over eight years, about eight years and two months, I guess, since uh, the whole. Uh, scandal went down with, uh, with Jerry Sandusky. Um, it, well, it, not that long is the point. Uh, we've got already at this time, a scandal emerging with the, uh, the senior players kind of hazing the, uh, underclassmen, uh, in a very sexual way, uh, putting, you know, putting their, uh their junk up in their face and just all kinds of weird stuff.
0: <laughs> That's not good. That's not yeah, good. are really doing this. Like
1: just hanging their balls like right in front of their mouth and stuff. And, and well, what are you guys oh, doing?
0: Oh no. Oh no. So, you, you know, really I think there's a stuff. lot of, I mean, there's a lot of repressed homosexuality in these, in these hazing situations. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of these, these guys would just wish they could come out and be gay. I think I, 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 like, <laughs> like what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your balls? Like, you know, like really, just trying to share them with your teammates like that. Like, I know you want you you want that. Like,
1: oh yeah, no, like they're, they're simulating like weird, like putting you know putting their uh, their their dicks up uh, next to some guy's butt and just like pretending going through the the motions like they're like. Well, my, yeah, my point uh, is uh, that's like,
0: fantasy camp for them. Like, that's like bro, ridiculous. you're one one guy <laughs> literally apparently
1: said, "I'm going to sandusky your ass." Can you believe All right, that? Yeah get out that's of That's terrible
0: here. because the ghosts are in that program and they have not left yet for sure. So. Years, that is. It's not that, that is long bad ago. taste. Oh, that's gross.
1: Yeah. I mean, these these guys who were doing this were probably like 13, 14 when this was happening.
0: Well, hopefully that you know, they won't be long for the program and and they can clean that kind of stuff up, but we all know that it it just keeps popping up time and again in one fashion or another these Kids will misbehave like when you got the service members doing the white power salute on TV. Yeah. You just have people acting inappropriately left and right. They will be caught. Um, and I think that the more things come to light and the more that we show that there will be consequences, that's the only way that you can really act as, you know, a deterrent.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm glad these, uh, these underclassmen who were getting, uh, I, I guess if you want to call it bullied, but it's beyond that.
0: Uh, it's assaulted, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's basically
1: yeah. sexually assaulted. Are coming out and saying stuff. I, one of the kids actually... Uh, I, this is apparently not new. Like, this has been going on. One of the kids eventually uh, was fed up. He's one of the kids that came forward. And he, he transferred to USC because of it. So... Wow. Yeah, and he's playing there now. So, um... Yeah i don't know that's a it's just it's unbelievable to me that penn state again and the the fact that some kid commented i'm gonna sandusky you holy cow
0: yeah no i (laughs) i had not seen any of this so i will have to keep an eye on it it and and hopefully
1: it's unbelievable
0: so really i think that's about it i'm gonna go and oh just praise praise the non-existent lord above that I was able to get merchandise credit for this coffee maker that shit the bed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very expensive. You loved and, that coffee maker. Um, you really did. Oh, man. We're talking about a scientifically perfect cup every time. What is not to love about it?
1: Yeah. I, if you like coffee and science, that is the machine for you.
0: And convenience, because it was a set-it-and-forget-it approach to the pour-over method. So that's what I liked, is the minimalist intervention approach Get it done for me.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm with you. I understand you. The way you talked about it, it was like, it was similar to the way you talk about your child. You know,
0: you've got. Right. It was a welcome addition to the family is what you're saying. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. You don't
1: want to have to take the baby back and exchange it. So why you don't want to do that with the coffee machine.
0: Absolutely not. You'd be so surprised how quick the warranty runs out on those things. Oh
1: God, yeah, that's intentional. <laughs> yeah. They, they're built next to the guys making the warranty. They're like, all right, this thing's going to shit the bed in about four months. They're like, all right, I'll make the warranty for three.
0: Exactly, and the same <laughs> thing with the coffee maker.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> So I think that's probably a good good place to stop for the week.
1: Yeah, we can wrap that up. Uh, slapping warranties on babies while we're at it. So,
0: You know it, but I, with a uh, child-safe adhesive.
1: Uh, yes, for sure. Because
0: <laughs> yeah. Gentle treat, skin, I'm, treat I'm telling way. you, it really is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're
1: not going to be able to get much in return value if you mess that skin up.
0: I believe the children are the future. You can't tell me different.
1: Well, that, yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory, actually. So the old men certainly aren't the future. So
0: (laughs) I was just getting my Whitney quotes in. Oh, Um, I gotcha. Yeah. No worries. Um, so anyways, maybe next week we can talk about my dry January that we have going on. that'll be a little teaser for next week's episode. Okay. As long as I'm still on that train.
1: Okay. Um, cool dry uh, yeah i've been uh dry myself
0: not nice. so. oh excellent all right so we will have that to talk about it has been interesting what uh happens in replacement of said beverages so yeah uh lot
1: of, well for you it won't be coffee uh, in the immediate sense but um i've been drinking a lot of gatorade and water so
0: there you go there you it's, go good stuff all right well, until next time, actually, I might be down in your neck of the woods and we can record together. So hopefully yeah. we can get that together and um, yeah, I'll try that will be up. really fun.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get a nice little setup for us. So.
0: Either way, we will see everybody back here next week.
1: All right. You guys take care.
0: Peace out.